0: On the Grindhouse Girls podcast, we discuss all things spoopy, scary, and strange. Some content may be disturbing or graphic in nature. Listener discretion is advised. Hello, House Girls friends and fam. This week's movie all begins with two young men meeting in college. One was in an acting program, and the other was in a film program. Flash forward years later, and during a discussion, they start talking about making a movie. What they affectionately imagined as Fifty Shades of Grey, directed by the South Park guys. It all started with the idea of a purple envelope, and a system that would connect people to commit adultery anonymously. They then started to research social networking, big data, and how something like this could come about from the basement of someone's home.
1: After the research, they started writing their script out loud, improving things for acting out their script, and finding a general rhythm to their film as they wrote it. They then started crowdfunding through WeFunder and were able to make an incredible $300,000 in a week and a half, more than enough to fund their movie. After hiring their cast and crew, they then recorded their script and mixed it into a podcast where the cast and crew could reference it and understand the beats, delivery, and tone, thus allowing them to stay on track and on budget. It worked. Their film was shot in 17 and a half days on a $200,000 budget and then personally edited by one of the co-directors and writer himself over the course of 16 months. The guys jim cummings and pj mccain the film the beta test which is now streaming on hulu so sit back do not get that envelope out of the trash this is the garden House girls podcast
0: And brittany and i'm katie welcome welcome episode 92
1: 92 i think <laughs> that's a lot of episodes is
0: 90 which i was like fuck and then we have the oscars
1: episode and then this episode right nice yeah that's right how are you brett i'm, I'm okay i've been sleepy like i don't know if it's this time change is killing me i wake up and the sky's completely black and i'm like what is life uh <laughs>
0: you know about that this senate and i don't know how the house has voted but they are trying to stop daylight savings time in 2023 and i'm like i'm actually okay with it yeah me too
1: Taylor was telling me about that. That's awesome. It's kicking my ass this week. Yeah, me too. It's been terrible. How have you been other than Daylight Savings?
0: I'm okay. I actually like... It's been kind of a weird couple weeks. I want to do a lot of social things, but literally everybody in my life is going on vacation because a lot of my friends either just planned this trip or a lot of people I know work in education and so they have spring breaks coming up and they're like, oh, we're going go on spring break! And I'm like, ugh. But it's given me a lot of time to watch movies. Yes. So I actually, actually ended up watching quite a few movies this weekend that I had been wanting to see and that's been good. I'm really excited about the warmer weather. It's not even the warmer weather, it's longer sunshine. I actually like cold weather. It's the short days that bother me in winter. Seasonal depression is real and I definitely get it. So I I'm definitely feeling a little perkier a little happier yeah with the sunshine out but it's also like the time changes kicking my ass but that's good did you
1: see anything good this week yeah um i don't know how i feel like there's some weeks that i'm like i'm struggling to get our movie and maybe one other movie in on yeah. the week <laughs> this week i actually watched three other movies in our movie and i was what, real, what? yeah so um we did rent scream 2022 <gasps> yeah oh uh, how was it it was good i mean it okay so I wasn't impressed with Scream 4 which was the one that came out 10 years ago Emma Roberts oh, I liked
0: like, I, I I really I put off watching Scream 4 for years and my friend Elizabeth hey Elizabeth if you're listening she got me to watch it and I actually loved it okay because it was very meta and I liked that
1: yeah and I think this one is kind of meta too and I don't want to spoil it for you but I like this one and the lead actress and I just blanked on her name but she's fucking Vanessa in the film version of In the Height. like that's Oh, I thought
0: you meant Naomi Campbell. Or not Naomi Campbell, Nev Campbell. Yeah, no. I was like...
1: Sydney Prescott? No, no, no. The um so the, the new the new young actress. So of course the original, you know I know who you're talking about. Like Sydney Sydney, Gail, and Dewey are all back for this. And I grew up with Scream and I love Scream. So um yeah. they're all back for this one. It's very violent. Like it is if I'm remembering, like well, I remember all of them are really. Okay, yeah, okay. So I, I will admit I've seen probably the second and third Scream movies, probably like five times, and I think I saw the one with Emma Roberts like maybe two or three times. I've seen the first Scream, like, probably 10 or 12 times. Yeah. This one was so violent. I was like, oh, my God. There were scenes that I was like, oh, my God. But it was good. I thought Scream
0: 2 was really rewatchable, although it wasn't as violent, in Mm -hmm. my opinion it was more of a popcorn movie and it used to replay all the time
1: on tv and zoe used to watch that one a lot and jenna ortega is in the scream too so and of course she's young jane in jane the virgin yes. but now she's an ex too she- so it's not really that big of a spoiler guys because it's the same in every movie but no it's really not so you always know there's two killers i guess one the killers correctly oh, okay. but the other one i won't tell you who it is obviously but the other one i was like fuck i was hoping it wasn't them but damn it, was, it. but I will I will move on to my other two mm-hmm. movies real quick. Uh, so I did also watch Turning Red, which oh. is streaming on Disney Plus right now. It's a new Pixar oh is it movie. already on Disney Plus? You know, oh, yeah, I thought it was already on, on Disney Plus. Mm-hmm. Now I want to watch
0: it. I've heard it's really interesting.
1: It's really cute. It's really really cute. It's very heavily anime inspired, so I knew I was probably gonna no. like it anyway. But it's the girl is also like our age because like she was born in 1990 and it's taking place in 2002. So I think it's gonna hit the nostalgia part for you and Aww. me in that respect because a lot of the stuff she's doing is stuff we were doing while we were growing up and sandra owes her mom right Hmm. yeah i, I believe sandra that o. is correct yeah it's very touching there is supposedly i think you know what's so weird is that i don't even think twice about these things but there's a lot of allusions to menstruation yeah because she is a young girl and supposedly that has people up in arms and i didn't even think <sighs> twice about that when i was watching the movie yeah Uh, So that's kind of insane. That's what I
0: heard, like, was the, like, thematic underlying theme of the movie was that it's about menstruation. Mm -hmm. Or, like, and puberty in general kind of thing. Um, Mm -hmm. And I was like, that's an interesting way to do it. I think that's... I honestly was like, oh, that's cool. And, like, it's something people don't talk
1: about that they should talk about more. Uh, last thing I watched was um, our good friend Stephanie, who's also a loyal listener. Hi, Steph. Hey. Um, uh, she invited me over to her house to watch Boondock Saints because St. Saint Patty's Day is coming up. So I saw Boondock Saints for the first time. How yeah. did you, li- what did you think? It was fun. I can see why it's a cult classic because there is, like, a lot of, like, funny moments and there's a lot of, like, good action bits. Yeah. I will say I felt like the story was a little not muddled. That's not the word I'm looking for. It's like, uh, You know the twist at the end? That felt like out of nowhere to me. <laughs> yes. To be honest. But like it wasn't a bad movie. And then, of course William was, the ask, was amazing. How did he you was, feel about his character? He was fucking so weird in it. I love him. Also I loved don't you it. love that that is
0: totally the meme that's been going wrong? The he's an interesting character. He's gay. He has a, an, a love of classical music. That I'm 99% yes. sure it's his Boondock Saints character that he's describing. I might be wrong but that character does listen to classical music as he's looking at crime scenes and is gay. So I'm like, I knew yes. it. And all these people were like, who is he describing? And I was like, it's the tuck scenes. You children. Sorry. I'm glad Taylor hated it. Or at least he told me he hated it.
1: I he didn't say he hated it. I don't know if he changed his mind. Cause on Sunday when we were driving home, I was like, what did you think of it? He said, it was okay. He was like, it was he
0: okay. was
1: like, it was kind was of funny. It was okay. I was like, oh, okay. And to be fair,
0: i saw it when i was like a teenage girl and i thought sean patrick flannery and walking dead guy fuck he's (laughs) norman reedus i was like (laughs) search of (laughs) (laughs) I was like walking dead guy norman normal norman reedus i thought they were very cute i also thought willem dafoe was very cute honestly i don't know he he was like
1: he's handsome He's like a different type of
0: handsome. But what you watch? I'm sorry. So I actually ended up watching some TV shows I'd been needing to watch. I watched Peacemaker, the first four episodes. Yay! Highly recommend. It's satirically hilarious and very violent it's very violent if you liked james gunn's the suicide squad then you'll love this i'm a big i like james gunn's comedy and his style like there's a lot of movies that he wrote the script to or had a hand in that i didn't know for years that i'm like no wonder i like that shit like it's it's goofy but there's actually like an underlying dramatic arc to the character which I find very interesting and I'm very impressed that John Cena can actually act. I think, it was, I think he needs the right director, but he's doing a really, really impressive job. Um, there is some depth to that character, but also like on the surface, he's just an idiot asshole. Also, there is a choreographed dance as the opening, the opening credits and um, it's, I think, the best opener since like The Office. I cannot, ooh, except for maybe Cowboy Bebop. But much like Cowboy Bebop, I do not want to skip the intro because it's fucking hilarious every time. So I would say watch Peacemaker on HBO Max. There's only eight episodes, so I'm halfway through. I think James Gunn superhero stuff is very accessible to most people. And then I also watched, uh, my friend Kat told me to watch this because we both like reading mystery books. And we both read The Woman in the Window- and we were highly disappointed by the movie. And so they've basically, Netflix realized what a mistake they made with that. And so they've made a movie and I think, I think I'm getting this right, but the title's really long. The Woman Across the Street from the Girl in the Window, I think is what it's called. It's very funny. There's, I feel like there's moments that like it uh, the tone is a little inconsistent so like sometimes I can tell that they're doing a joke on purpose and sometimes I'm like are they joking or are they being serious so the tone's a little inconsistent but it is really fun if you like to read mystery novels or like if you liked Gone Girl and uh, you know those kinds of trashy crime novels like those kinds of things like I think you'll like it.
1: Um, have you seen it yet? I haven't. I saw the trailer for it because I didn't know if it was like an SNL skit or something. But no, like it is like a yeah, special it's, thing. It's almost,
0: the first, the first couple episodes are more funny and then it sometimes gets serious. But then it it's like writing a line between being what it's making fun of and what it, and a comedy. So like, I don't know, like I wouldn't say it's like the best thing I've ever seen. But it is really entertaining and it's not super long. It's like a mini series. I think, like, if they do a second season, they should do a different story entirely and a different cast. But it it is pretty funny. And then I watched two movies. I finally saw Irreversible by Gaspar Noé. We will probably be watching it soon (laughs) on the podcast. Although I don't think we're going to watch it next week. I think it'll probably be, like, in a few weeks. But we are definitely going to be watching that. It is rough. So I will say, if you want to watch it, there is... And this is is and isn't a spoiler i guess it isn't because you know from like the beginning that something happens to her but there is a extremely realistic sexual assault sequence and they never cut away and i read more into like the production and basically the the vic- the woman playing the victim in that scene basically directed that scene she basically like had all control over it so and i don't feel like it's very exploitative um, of her but it is very rough and i do know the actress herself can't finish that movie um she said but it's as the movie keeps going because it's famously told in reverse order you realize that it's about more than that and it's it, it's much more philosophical and it's much more a condemnation of sexual assault. And I was trying to explain why I didn't feel it was exploitative to my parents. Hey, mom and dad, if you're listening. And for me, I feel like, and Gaspar in a way does like to shock people and does do things just to fuck with his audience. Like, he has fun doing that. I don't feel like this is, I feel like sexual assault is something that happens to so many people and women especially, you know, and, like, I have so many friends and who have either been the victims or have almost been the victims of sexual assault. And almost every woman that I know has been the victim of a predatory behavior. And a lot of men have, too. And I feel like, I feel like, why not show it in what happens? Because I feel like a lot of people talk about it, but they maybe don't understand how terrible it is. And, like, I don't think you necessarily need to see this movie, but I can't get mad at them for showing it because... You understand why the other people want to take revenge about how brutal it is. And it's brutal. But I I, and I did yell at the screen a couple of times like, oh, my God, please stop, because it, it is a lot. But I feel like so when we don't talk about bad things and we pretend that they don't happen, you almost like give it permission to keep happening, you know. So, yeah, that's why, like, we do need to talk about sexual assault like on a regular basis, and how it is a big problem in the world. And it's always been a big problem, but we can't just ignore it and pretend, put it, put our fingers in our ears and pretend it's going away. It was a, definitely a journey. I definitely want to watch it at least one more time to really get a feel for it, but I'm okay with taking a couple weeks off before yeah. I watch it again. And then the last thing I watched was a new horror film on Hulu starring Sebastian Stan? Yep. Right? Buckley. Bucky! Name, right? Winter-
1: Bucky, yeah. Winter Soldier. Yeah.
0: Is, is he Winter Soldier? Yeah, he is the Winter
1: Soldier.
0: <gasps> yes, he's but the I Winter Soldier. He's very
1: cute. Yes, he is very cute. I know cute. he's Bucky.
0: He's a complete and total dirtbag in this movie, mm. um, but a very charming dirtbag. It's called Fresh, and it's on Hulu right now. I really liked it. I actually rated it pretty high on Letterboxd, and then, like, thinking about it, it's a little bit of, like, a played-out story, but I like the perspective and the tone, because it's pretty, like comedic. And I think probably if I had a weaker stomach, maybe it would gross me out, but it didn't really gross me out. It's kind of like, remember, you know Hard Candy? Yeah. How like terrible things happen, but you never really see them happening? Like the surgical scene? Yeah. It's kind of like that kind of stuff. Like things happen off screen, but they do show some stuff, but it never gets like super gross. But spoilers, there's cannibalism in this movie. Mm. And so it's definitely not as hard to get through as raw and i liked it but it's kind of about the horrors of dating especially in the modern world like she goes out on a date with uh, michael from jane the virgin whose name is oh. chad and he's a total douchebag and oh, he's like no. wearing a scarf and the scarf gets it he's like an asshole I mean, it's just like the first scene. But, you know, she's tired of dating all of these terrible people on, like, Tinder and stuff. And so she meets a guy in a supermarket. He seems really charming. And then um, he takes a bite out of her love life. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) It's a good, like, light watch (laughs) that deals with cannibalism.
1: But, I mean, it wasn't, like, the – it was –
0: okay, usually, like, the – straight to hulu movies are very hit or miss like they're often not great like the horror ones so like i was impressed on that level but i wouldn't say it's a movie that is like brilliant but it's cute it's not cute
1: it's an it's a fun little horror movie that's what i watched you've watched a lot of interesting things i guess we'll just get ready to go on and hop right into the beta test Yes! Yes! It's time for the beta test. So I can go ahead and I guess start us off with a little bit. We kind of got a little bit of the backstory in the intro but once again, this is written and directed by two directors actually. Jim Cummings and PJ McCabe. Jim Cummings, of course, we covered already one of his films, The Wolf of Still Hollow, which was covered on our 35th episode. He wrote, directed, and starred in the 2018 movie Thunder Road, which was based on his 2016 short of the same name, which won the short film grand jury prize at sundance Mm -hmm. uh he did wolf of snow hollow uh he also plays sheriff deputy uh pete mccabe in a flashback scene in the travesty that was halloween kills i'm sorry jim if you're listening but that movie was not good and i and i don't mean that like jim if you're listening i i like you and i like you in halloween kills i just did not like halloween kills so
0: (laughs) i didn't like it either but i did like you in it you like i was kind of in misery watching that movie and then you popped on the screen i was like and then my friend with me hadn't seen wolf of snow hollow yet so she didn't really she was like
1: who and i was like just he's good just shut up but pj mccabe i thought this was funny because he co-directed and crow wrote this movie the beta test with jim and this was his directorial debut which i thought was cool but he did co-wrote the 2006 short the 30 Bones of the Unfortunate Joey Jones. Uh, he plays PJ mm. in this movie, PJ Pruitt. And he's a townie in The Wolf of Snow Hollow. But, yes. and I thought this was funny. Because Katie remembers last summer, last July, she was riding with me and a couple friends in the car. And I was making them listen to the song Pillow Talk by Little Dicky. Which is like, I'm just pillow talking <laughs> with a bitch. Yeah, he does <laughs> Little Dicky stuff. So yeah. does Jim Cummings. They both
0: work with Little Dicky.
1: Yes! PJ was in the music video for Pillow Talk, which I thought was hilarious. (laughs) It's just so funny. But I was like, oh, so I I was like, I have seen your face before, PJ. So that was cool, too. (laughs) We went over the backstory. So they've been friends. They've met each other during college. And they just been friends all these years they I think they graduated in 2009 if I'm remembering correctly and so they had this idea and they started researching it and I thought this was cool I don't know if you saw this Katie but they uh, had a friend of theirs that actually built the algorithm that is that you would use to connect people and they built the program that was used in the movie. And so, and also for the research, they would treat, tweet about being interested in the agency world. And they're like, hey, we're interested. Can people talk to us? So they actually did a lot of, like, they did a lot of interviews on the phone. They, like, messaged a lot of people. Yeah. So a lot of research They took a lot to of
0: their lines from testimonies from people that worked in the hollywood agency world which i thought was cool yeah it was terrifying because some of the things that they say i'm like oh my god
1: i thought it was interesting too because we we touched upon this a little bit so their style of writing so they're really good friends and uh but this was their full their first full collaboration and their style of writing was that they would like talk things like they were actually like The actors in the movie, they would talk things out and they were like, okay, I like that. So they improv a lot of it. And then when they got to the actual, like they were filming the movie, they did everything into a podcast. So they mixed it all into a podcast because they were like, hey, this is how we guys want you to deliver your lines. And Jim even said something like, now maybe a more talented director could have done this differently, but we wanted to make sure we stayed within our 17 day shooting budget. So yeah, it's interesting though, because the tone of the film is really good because it does have that beat that kind of dark comedy and that um, that, that's that remains throughout this movie and i don't know if he did something similar with the wolf of snow hollow or or not but the wolf of snow hollow is very similar and that has that beat that like it's really good at keeping the beat
0: i think the coolest thing about this movie is how absolutely determined they were to finish this film despite all the pandemonium of covid going on because like they literally like made a sound studio in like an apartment and did most of the sound themselves with like a sound engineer and i found it very interesting i think it's really great and i think they've all worked it's interesting because they have like a group of friends that they work with and the production agency they work with it's it's like it's about a bunch of like independent filmmakers and they all kind of like it almost seems like a like a co-op kind of community like a creative community um but the fact that he's very determined to like own his own movies and let investors like be everyday people to
1: help own part of the movie i think is really really interesting this is definitely like a fuck hollywood type movie like <laughs> yeah because like it's like it, it really is it's kind of like they're saying fuck you to the guys they're playing in the movie which is kind of really funny i think in the yeah, way yeah i think That
0: might be a detriment to this film a little bit because I do feel like it may alienate some audiences that there's not really, unless you are really into like the structure of Hollywood, I think some people might feel a little alienated, but I think it's a very well made movie and I think it's worth a watch. Yeah. regardless. But that's the only thing I'd say, as I feel like his previous movies, there's been something to latch on to for a general audience, like family, or he has a running theme of like recovering alcoholics, which is in this movie, but his other characters are more lovable and I feel like you latch onto them better. I feel like this is maybe for a more specific audience and it's a little bit of an inside joke, which is fine. And I think if you're really interested in how Hollywood works... And the ins and outs, you're gonna really like this. But I feel like maybe some people may may find it difficult to like focus in on these characters because they're not super likable, but they're not supposed to be. I know it's done on purpose, so yeah. Does that make sense? I don't know. Yeah, if it makes sense. no, it
1: does. It makes it definitely makes sense for sure. You're saying that you you didn't think it was as relatable as the previous film. So I, I can see where you're coming from there too. I did kind of I think this could be a pro or con depending on how you look at it. So every editing decision that went into the film was PJ's and Jim's decision. They had complete creative control which rarely happens in the film yeah. industry. So one, you have a movie that like everything you see was completely imp- approved by the creators. But as we know sometimes with theater and films, if you have complete creative control, that can sometimes you're so involved in your own movie you may not be able to catch mistakes as easily either. True. So... But, you know, that's what he made a mention. He's like, he loves Snow Hollow, but he did not get the final say-so on Snow Hollow. But he did joke that yeah. the movie that we saw is better than his stupid version of it. So he kind of can lightheartedly joke about it. <laughs> which I, I can appreciate his humor. But yeah, I think that's very interesting. So I think that could be a pro-archon, yeah. depending on how you look at it, that everything that we see is literally yeah. PJ and Jim's decision on it.
0: Because to that point, it's astounding, the quality of this film. Mm-hmm. And it didn't have a studio behind it. Because it's super polished. And it looks really good.
1: Yeah. So I am going to go ahead. And I'm going to give you guys our synopsis. And then uh, after that we are going to be in spoiler territory. Um, So the synopsis for the beta test. Once again the beta test is streaming now on Hulu. Please go watch it. It's a pretty quick ride. I think it's only about an hour and 34 minutes. So yeah not a very long movie at all. When Jordan Hines... An engaged Hollywood agent receives a little purple envelope offering an anonymous tryst. He decides to take part and quickly becomes embroiled in a world of lies and murder. So guys, that is the synopsis for the beta test. Um, And we are officially heading into the plot, which means we are about to get spoilers. So please avert your eyes and don't listen if you don't want anything spoiled for this movie because we are now in spoiler territory. Yay! Yay! Spoilers! Spoilers! So yeah. So we do open up on a shot of LA and a very pretty woman. She calls the police to tell them about a domestic dispute in her apartment building. Uh, she seems nervous and she starts to talk to her husband and she lies to them, lies to him about who she called. Now I do want to say that this couple, Kristen and Hillboy and Marlon Bar, uh, they're good friends. Malin, yeah, yeah, Malin. I'm Maylin sorry, Malin Bar. I think Malin Bar. They're, they're good friends of Jim and PJ, and they're a couple in real life. Oh, mm-hmm.
0: did you? I love the de- attention to detail where she tells the police he's hitting her mm-hmm. because obviously she thinks that's as bad as it's going to get. But as we go on,
1: yeah. It, it is. Worse. Ooh, I thought it was funny too because uh, we've done a lot of forum films recently on the on the podcast, so I was. Taylor asked me, he goes, is this a foreign film? And I said, no. I said, this is Jim Cummings, who you know, who did The Wolf of Snow Hollow. Taylor goes, okay. And then they start talking in Swedish. And Taylor goes, I didn't think this one was a foreign film. I was like,
0: <laughs> <laughs> I know. I was like, dang. Multilingual in the first five minutes. Yeah,
1: exactly. But they start talking. And she admits to her husband she has something to tell him. And she's like, I got a purple letter from an admirer. And, you know, I went... And it made me realize I've always been unhappy. And she's like, I don't regret our time together, but I'm unhappy. And she's like, I don't want all I don't want all your money. I don't even want half of your money. Just please give me 5000 dollars so I can start again. He does not take kindly yeah. to this. He okay, this was terrifying. Yeah, it's violent.
0: Because he very he silently and quickly stabs her neck with like the steak knife he's using. And she doesn't even realize what happens at first. Until she starts bleeding. And then she's trying to crawl away. This was brutal. Yeah. This was brutal, y'all. It was. And, like, he's beating her up. Apparently, this was an Airbnb. And they weren't allowed to get blood anywhere. So they had to synthesize all the blood in this place. Because they weren't allowed to get it dirty, basically. But he, like, stabs her several more times. And then throws her off the balcony to her death. As you hear the police sirens in the background. And it's just, oh, oh, Yeah. It was brutal. And I feel bad, cause like, that's not a bad breakup. Like, that is a ridiculous reaction to that.
1: Yeah, it's my opinion. super. That's what I thought. I was like, holy shit, this is really violent, like right off the start. So, mm-hmm. and but knowing that they're a couple in real life makes me feel a little bit better. Like maybe they had fun. Like, <laughs> like, but we do in the very next scene, we meet our lead, Jordan Hines, who is played by Jim Cummings, and he receives a similar letter offering a no strings attached sexual encounter and it includes a check off list of things he may want, such as bondage, Choking, face-sitting, rough, romantic, vocality on a scale of one to five. And so he, li- <laughs> yeah, it's like, it's like, okay. I mean, it's okay. Not- but he lies to his fiancé when she asks him what it is, and he throws it yes. away. But he does look up his old college this is flame. This a wedding
0: invitation.
1: Yeah, yeah. He tells her it's a wedding invitation. And that's when you find out he's engaged because she's like, is it as nice as Arch? But he looks up his old college flame because he thinks it may be her that's sending the invitation. And since we're now introduced to his fiancé, did you want to tell everyone about his fiancé? Yes, his fiancé is played by Virginia
0: Newcomb. Or Newcomb. I don't know how she says her last name. Who, I, I have not seen this movie yet, but I've heard really good things about it. She was in The Death of Dick Long. She played, and I don't remember her character on this episode, but she was Amelia on an episode of The Walking Dead. She's also an office assistant in The Office. Yes. Awesome. And one of our friends from college, Zach, was in a movie called Union, and she was also in that movie. So... I just found that out because I clicked on it and I was like scrolling down. And I was like, hey, I know one of those people in that movie. So that's cool. It was a little like se- what six degrees of separation right there.
1: Yeah, that Pretty is awesome. Cool. So that night they do end up meeting with Jordan's co-worker and friend PJ. And of course PJ is uh, PJ McCabe, who is the co-director, co-writer. I really liked him in this movie. He's a really good foil to, uh, to Jordan, Jim's character. Um, And they also meet with PJ's wife, Lauren. And Lauren is played by Jessie Barr. Uh, She was the writer and director of the 2020 film Sophie Jones. Uh, She also co-wrote and co-directed the short Too Long at the Fair with Lena Hudson. And she played Grace on seven episodes of Ohm City. And was on an episode of Law & Order Special Victims Unit. So she's doing her own thing too. Um, But... PJ talks about they reached out to the star named Raymond Lee um, and they weren't able to find him on social media. So PJ got the bright idea because they're Hollywood agents. They got the bright idea to reach out to Raymond via Venmo asking uh, for two cents about him and Jordan being his agents. So they're going to have a meeting with him. So that was kind of cute and clever. Um, But Lauren also tells a story about her friend who's a flight attendant. And the flight attendant tells a story about this beautiful young couple. And this woman collapses getting off the plane. And it's later revealed that her husband stabbed her with a champagne bottle during an argument on the flight. But since image images everything in their careers, they don't uh, want to, anyone to know about it. So it's very interesting because the first time I watched this movie, I was just like, oh, she's telling a story. But of course, second time watching this movie, there's that little tidbit of like, oh, shit. Probably another person who got the envelope and was making some kind of confection. So Jordan tries to get into his normal routine, but he's constantly thinking about that envelope. And he even starts having these nightmares where women aggressively like scream and come on to him from across the restaurant and that night he digs for the trash and decides to find an envelope so he does decide he's like "Mm, i'm interested in this envelope he goes to work at ap as an agent for that talent agency and he enthusiastically checks off the face sitting thing in fact he checks off the face sitting thing three times so he's very enthusiastic about the face sitting possibility uh, but Jacqueline, his assistant, walks in to tell him that the China team is here. And I didn't know if you wanted to, if you had anything about Jacqueline.
0: Oh, I did I actually. Saved her for a little later on, mm-hmm. but she was in Thunder Road. And a show called The Astronaut Wives Club. Ah. And she's done a lot of short films as well. Nice. So, I like Jacqueline. She's funny. She's great. I want to see her do more stuff. I think she did a really great job. I think so, too.
1: But she takes, because she's like, the China team is here. Um, Raymond and his wife, Lauren. Which, Raymond, if you want to tell, I feel like you're you're handling the actors. I have Raymond down.
0: Raymond is Wilkie Lau, I think is how you say his last name. Lau. And he's in the upcoming series *The Staircase*, based on the documentary series *The Staircase*.
1: He's also been on *Station 19* and *Arrested Development*. Y'all. Nice. But Jacqueline takes the invite and she puts in the mail. And uh, you know, and at this point, it's like, well, shit. Like, there's no Jordan can't change his mind now because his assistant just put it in the mail. Which there is a little line I love here because he yeah. goes in and he's like. You know, Lauren, Raymond's wife, is talking about coffee and he's like, I can't have coffee. And she's like, why? And he's like, because I have an ulcer. And and she's like, ulcer? It's like, it's open sore on my insides. It may kill me. Like, it's just like the comedic beats are so, like, great. It's
0: it's fucking hilarious. It is really
1: funny. And
0: also, you know something about him by saying he has an ulcer because he's obviously very stressed out. Yeah. And he says he loves his job. But if you love your job and if you're happy in your job, you probably aren't going to feel like you have an ulcer. I mean, I'm just saying. By the way, uh, Leah, Leah, or Leah Yan, plays Laura, and she was also in Vox Lux, which I haven't watched yet, and she's a character in Iron Fist, which, gotta say, watched a couple episodes, was not impressed by Iron Fist, but I don't remember her character, so it's definitely not her. Her faults, yeah, and she also was a crew member in The Farewell, which is a movie that I've been meaning to watch. Oh, yeah,
1: well, and I haven't watched it. It looks really good, yeah. So he does start to like, he's kind of like, oh, shit so he goes to stake out the hotel, and someone starts throwing out sh- shit out their window and onto the Tesla. He's like, um, I'm leasing this, but he goes home and he finds and then they tar- just stop, which is yeah. very creepy. It is very creepy. I think it was like someone fighting though, because it sounds like a woman yelling and like throwing shit out. Yeah, no, window. I think
0: it's another other person finding out about their spouse.
1: Oh, yeah. That's right, because that happens multiple like, times. the second time I watched
0: it, I was like, and I kind of skimmed through the second time watching it, um, but I was like, oh, there's a lot of, like, little fights that happen yeah. in the background. And it's almost like It's almost like the beginning of Shaun of the Dead when there's just a couple zombies around and you don't really notice them. It's kind of like that, where, like, there's just people fighting, and you're like, huh, that's weird. And it's funny. It's integrated into the script, but it's also like, oh, like when you watch it a second time, you're like, oh my God. Yeah.
1: Like it's, it's an epidemic y'all. It makes more sense. Definitely. In the second time. Um, but he goes home and he finds the key card to the hotel in a second purple envelope. And then he goes to a house party because he's trying to impress Raymond, who's holding a silent auction. And Raymond grabs his dick, which yeah. I, I instantly felt bad for Jordan because he has to put on this persona. Like, everything's okay. Yeah.
0: Well, it reminded me a lot of both Brendan Fraser and Terry Cruz's sexual assault instances. Because both of them have said that, like, that basically happened to them. And, you know, in Vernon Fraser's case, he basically got blacklisted in Hollywood for it. And, like, Terry Crews, like, people were, like, laughing at him. Like, oh, you're such a big man. Why would you be upset that someone grabbed your dick? And I'm like, because it's his dick. I would yeah. be upset if someone grabbed my tits without, like, asking my permission. It's terrible. But, like, people think it's funny and people... Get away with that shit. And so there's definitely like allusions to real life things throughout this movie. And they pretty much wove it pretty intricately. Which is kind of sad. Because that means like Hollywood is just like that.
1: Yeah. It is sad. Because literally at one point he's talking to Raymond. Because Raymond's not paying attention. He buys a $10,000 painting to impress Raymond. Mm -hmm. And Raymond could care the fuck less. And he literally says he tries to talk to Raymond and he's like, I just want to let you know we're all, not all like Harvey. And it's like, what? <laughs> and so, okay. and Raymond tells him, you like, he's like, you guys are a dying social network and I can't wait to watch y'all fall apart. And so, yeah. Jordan, you can see where like, Jordan's deflated, but he goes, well, we'll continue to talk. And then he lies to Caroline in the car. Like, he's like, everything went yeah. good. Like, we're still talking. And so he can't even be truthful with his fiance about like, he's struggling. I don't think
0: he's being truthful to himself though. No, yeah either like i think it's, it's a little so bit sad of a, i'm lying to her because i'm lying to myself because i can't face the failure that my wife is so, so, so mean but i definitely think that's implied i would say i would say so
1: too but i think it's this situation that like drives him to go to the hotel and he goes to the hotel yeah. and he sees a purple mask hanging from the door handle and he yes. arms himself with a knife before entering the room but there's a woman in the room yeah, it is smart. Yeah, because he doesn't know what the hell is going to happen. Uh, but there's a woman in the room and she's wearing a mask as well. And I noticed this the second time. She's also wearing mm-hmm. a ring on her left hand. We're all in the same boat. Yeah, they start to kiss though. She goes down on him. She sits on his face. And they, they have a really fucking hot afternoon. <laughs> um, I will <laughs> give it to him. So like, <laughs> and he gets a boost of confidence from this.
0: It does. There's like a montage of him just like, energy we're so excited he's saying i'm excited we're excited
1: yes and he does catch a glimpse of the woman as he leaves so he doesn't really see her fully but he captures a glimpse so i did tell katie i wanted to talk a little bit because i'm highly impressed Mm -hmm. with jim and pj for this so this was jim's first time shooting a sex scene and they did hire an intimacy coordinator um which is amazing so for you guys who don't know an intimacy coordinator is a staff member who basically has the well-being the actors who participate in sex scenes or other intimate scenes like that's basically what they do they co- coordinate and take care of these actors during these highly intimate mm-hmm. scenes because when you're an actor it's you awkward. know how yeah well when you're an actor you know how to act but when you're put in scenes of a sexual nature usually it becomes a lot more intimate because you go back to what you kind of are maybe in those moments as a sexual partner so Well, also, in this place of power, Jim is the one who had hired these actresses for this movie. So, it's like, he's he's their boss, too. So, it's like... I think he was very conscientious of that. So they hired a lady. Her name was Annie Sponge, S-P-O-N-G. And with both intimate scenes in this film, she made sure all cell phones were collected in a pillowcase so they were not allowed on set. And Jim was the sole editor. So he said both actresses were super safe. And he said Annie made everyone feel safe and the performances are better because the actors felt safe. I was one of them. I felt safe. And so I thought that was really amazing that here you had this independent film and yet, they still make sure there was a budget for someone to be there to just make sure the actors and yeah. actresses felt safe during these intimate scenes. And I really like that. That's awesome. Yeah. that's
0: like seems like a very healthy working environment. Mm-hmm. And good job, Annie.
1: Yeah. Annie, thank you for Way doing... Thank you for making your actresses and your actor both feel really good and safe. And that's the other thing Especially I because like. because there's so much stuff going on right now about, like, euphoria
0: and how uncomfortable some of the actresses have been feeling. Oh. And, like, they, they have... They've reached out to the director, and he's been receptive, apparently. But, like, I do feel like that should be, like, a common occurrence when you're doing scenes like that. Because why wouldn't you have someone for the health and safety and well-being of your actors,
1: you know? exactly so and also just make sure that no one else is being a creep and trying to record things when your actors are at their most vulnerable too but yeah i thought that was really really cool and it made me really appreciate this movie even more hearing that but yeah he has a boost of he has a boost of confidence and later during a conversation with Jacqueline, she asked if he she asked him if she can put her in touch with the investment firm Um, because he's like what do you want Jacqueline like let's stop pretending just tell me what you want Mm
0: -hmm. and so
1: afterwards he imagines she says you're in good mood did your wife sit on your face and he's like "What?
0: (laughs) yeah this morning yeah
1: and he goes what and she's like did you did you wake up on the right side of the bed it's it's a it's an expression it's oh my goodness and I I love it. And then right before, uh, he kicks her out because obviously he he thinks he's heard what he he thinks he's heard, and she's like, oh, by yeah. the way, the company wants to know about ten thousand dollar charge in the company credit card. <laughs> he just like still like, like, oh, don't think of it. He okay. goes, go, go. So, but yeah. he, he 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 sits and he mulls on it. And it's really funny because he's, like, working out oh this shit. God. And he's, like, she definitely said it. She definitely said it. So, he confronts her on it. And she's, like, what the hell did you think I said? Which is when he goes off on her. And I think that's the thing you were referencing, Katie. That that's actually a yes. real conversation that happened. That people had.
0: Where he, like, blames her when she's, like, well, what did you think I said? And he's, like, well, I can't say it because of the environment that we are now into which it's like um okay it's because he doesn't want to get sued for sexual harassment but it's like if you can't say it then she probably didn't say it to her and he just goes off on this poor girl and of course she works in a cubicle so not only is there a coworker in her cubicle shredding paper during this but like everyone else can hear this and he like acts like it's her fault and gaslights her and yeah. it's really fucking shitty and she just kind of takes it which is i felt very like Uh, akin to poor Jacqueline because I'm like we've all been at a thankless job where some asshole has yelled at you about something whether it was a customer or a superior and you were just like why the fuck are you taking it out on me you know like I there's nothing I can there's nothing I hate worse about work when like someone tells me one thing and then I'm like okay and then like a problem arises and so I'm honest and I'm like well so I was told this and then the person comes back is like I didn't say that and I'm like you're fucking gaslighting me and that's really stupid because you didn't do your job properly like and it's affecting my job and I'm, I'm not trying to throw anyone under the bus but when you tell me one thing and then you pretend that that's not what you said in the first place it's like don't you fucking do
1: that it's okay yeah do you want we've all been there yeah we've all been there for sure do you want to tell him what happens next when he goes back to the hotel
0: oh yeah he tries to intimidate the hotel staff to tell him like who made the reservation and because now he's convinced it's gonna get out and i thought this was a really good choice because like he starts out with one story and then he keeps like adding things in that doesn't need to be a part he's like i'm about to get married and blah blah blah, and like just like sneak it's like his his guilt is like sneaking things into his conversation of course they're like dude and he's like tries to tell them he's a cop and they're like obviously you're not a cop and we can't give out that information have a great day and then like he does all this kinds of stuff like he and i i probably i did a less detailed plot summary but like he gets increasingly suspicious yeah. And he also, like, Caroline's starting to realize, like, are you okay? What's wrong? Like, do you need... And she says something, like, I think it's really important to know about Jordan's personality. Is that she's like, well, isn't PJ one of your actual friends? Why don't you talk to him? Which I think is a smart thing because a lot of times, like, sometimes partners are afraid to talk about stuff with their partner directly. I know a lot of men who don't have a lot of male friends... Yeah, And it's like, and I'm not saying you have to have male friends, you have to have female friends, or they don't have friends outside of a relationship. Yeah. And I see a lot of relationships struggle because of that, because you do need a confidant. If if nothing else to say, then I love my husband, or I love my wife. You need relationships outside of your relationship, friendships. Yeah. And so she's like, you have an actual friend, because obviously most of his friendships are very fake, because he's a very fake person. Yeah. And he does. He confides in PJ. He was like what the fuck you're ki-? like he thinks he's joking and he's like oh wait no this actually happened holy fucking shit and he starts drinking wait is this when he starts yeah he starts hair? drinking
1: because he orders a club yeah. soda at the restaurant a vodka soda i think right it, or does it, he just start i i put down club but I, I will but it was it had to have alcohol in it because pj goes okay like PJ's surprised that yeah. he's drinking again
0: and he's also vaping again yeah he's oh out. my god so he's vaping and he's which i don't Vaping, like I'd rather people vape than smoke, but I don't. Oh, it's just. But you can tell. You can tell it's
1: comedic though. Like the way he does it. Yes, it's funny. That's why I'm
0: like, I'm like, it's not a great habit to have. Also, when he asks, he's, it's PJ's vape, too. It's not even his own vape. It's PJ's vape. That he's like, remember that thing that I used to do, but I don't do anymore? Do you still have that? And he's like, yeah, dude, it's a vape.
1: Yeah. Meanwhile, too, we see Raymond's wife, uh, Laura, gets into a fight with him over his cheating. Because she finds out about the cheating before she shoots him to death in their driveway.
0: Yeah. And instead of, like, telling her, like, hey, he says, calm down, but Instead of having discussion with her, he's like, I don't have time for this. I'm like, oh my God. Like, you cheated on her and you don't have time for this, but you better make fucking time. But it's okay. She shoots him and then calls her lawyer and tells him yeah. what happened. Yeah. She's like, hey, I just shot Raymond. And her gardeners are right there.
1: And then we go back to Jordan because Jordan decides he's like, he goes to his apartment complex. And he's like, I need the security f- footage. And he threatens them that he'll pay for someone. <laughs> to, like <laughs> He
0: changes his tune so many times. Yeah. Oh. He's
1: like, I'm a cop. My friend was murdered. I was robbed. My fiance
0: is destroyed. I'm like, what which one is it, man?
1: I just love that he threatens them by saying, I'm gonna pay someone to basically like do like bomb reviews, like one star reviews. And so, but yes. they, they let him They let him see the footage after that. They're like, he's like, I will ruin you guys. And they let him go and see the uh, camera security footage. And so he sees the mail courier and he threatens him not to deliver mail to his apartment complex. And the man's like, I, I just work for an app. And Jordan grabs a random purple envelope and goes to the address and doesn't notice that there's a yellow envelope with his name on it that fell out. So he goes to the house with the address and asks for a Louise Rafferty where he finds out the the lady on the envelope is dead and the house is hosting her funeral and it's implied that the man who answered the door is her husband and killed her so yeah <laughs> it's very and then he
0: makes like and then this other girl comes to the door and he's like oh this man's looking for his dog and i was like oh
1: my god like, like that's
0: some kind of inside job shit which this movie started giving me like under the silver lake box. yeah
1: yeah i agree with that like, Yeah,
0: a lot it wasn't as complicated as under the silver lake but like I was like getting some like because there's like and like eyes wide shut. There's a lot of eyes wide shut too.
1: Yeah, I would say because that. Th- that was
0: the scary part of eyes wide shut is like they're like you can't tell anyone what you've seen here.
1: I was thinking under the silver lake, and then uh, Jordan reminds me of Patrick Bateman in some scenes too. So I'm like, oh, oh, little- that. Yeah, we got a little. Mary he's not Michael. actually
0: murdering people. No, though. No, so he's I guess not. That's why I was like
1: but he's a little manic at times and like and also very manic I'm not the first like person to notice this but sometimes his facial expressions are so like so like that it's like he reminds me of Jim Carrey in a way like in his younger days because his face is like very yeah, that. expressive like super expressive yes. but they meet P- he meets PJ at a bar because he's of course like fucking like oh shit what the hell am I getting myself into and PJ takes the I guess the crux of the movie where he he explains how social media he's like hey it was initially made for us to connect but companies started selling our info so if you like forbes lamborghinis you're newly engaged and you like a bunch of pictures of women half naked you may be persuaded to cheat and this is how they're getting people is for all this, right. like, data. And then PJ tells him about the woman and from the beginning of it's a really movie. cool
0: scene, too. Because, mm-hmm. like, they're sitting at a bar and they're, it, like, they have the camera circling them. So it's like, we're getting into the circle. We're going deeper. It's, it goes all the way to the top. Kind of conspiracy theorist
1: Yes.
0: Which, I'm like, I wonder how many people, like from conspiracy theorists like this is how they tried to convince their buddy that the water was turning the frogs gay or something like that i'm sorry that's stupid stupidest yeah. conspiracy theory i don't want to say anything serious to make anyone upset but that's the funniest thing i've ever fucking heard
1: no it it is funny but yeah so but this shit is real now and so jordan calls up his old college flame lisa and he tries to get her to subtly admit that she was a woman in the hotel room but she because she added him on lincoln and pj even said that he's like could this be somebody that was trying to ruin the marriage and she's like i don't know what you're asking me and so i love this scene too he gets so frustrated after he gets off the phone with laura he gets frustrated and he throws something through the window and breaks his window in his office and little jacqueline just pops her head up over the cubicle, and it's like per- perfect timing, Jacqueline. Yeah, I'm gonna pay for it. I'm gonna pay for it. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I like Jacqueline. I do too. She has great to commit timing. And then we she see. Does. The man that was Raymond's lover from the envelope, he's murdered and poisoned by his wife. So it's like everyone's just getting murdered up in here by their spouse. Oh,
0: his murder was the best because it was. She poisoned him with a vape, but then she killed herself?
1: Yeah, because she Yeah, I thought the same thing. Like, because she she takes the vape too. She took a, a puff too.
0: Yeah. Well, they have a freak out, and then caroline and him decide to go to the mountains to you know get some space because as he told the lady on the phone the old high school college flame he was like you know just an hour from the lake working on my 10 years although he had a vodka at the bar so obviously not which i again he's a liar so like of course he's gonna say like yeah everything's fine they go to the okay okay so they go to the woods And they're, like, there's kind of a montage of them, like, fighting and talking. Which I kind of would have enjoyed a scene of them just fighting, in my opinion. Like, because I think they're both really good performers. And, like, Caroline says a really good line about, like, I'm your fiancé fucking engage with me. Because she's like, you have all these fake relationships. I'm not a fake relationship. You need to actually talk to me and not make up some stupid line. You know, what the fuck is going on with you? And they're like fighting, and they eventually make up and basically have really animalistic sex in front of the fire and it's filmed very differently because like sometimes it's filmed like vertically and sometimes it's horizontally and i thought that was like an interesting bit but like they start like breathing and screaming at each other like in his fantasies at the beginning yeah so i was like oh maybe she is his perfect match then and they seem great everything seems fine like it's getting better and then they go to, like, the wedding planning store or something. They're working on wedding plan stuff. And they go to this store. I couldn't figure out if it was a coffee shop or It's a coffee. Store, I think it's it a coffee really, shop. Yeah. I thought I thought, too. But, yeah. like, anyways. Again, I was, like, skimming through the second time because I didn't have a lot of time to rewatch the whole thing. But so there's this woman sitting there and he is 99% sure it's the woman from his anonymous excursion. And so he's like, don't I know you? And he's like being really insistent on getting her name. And she's with other people and they're like, do we need to leave? And Caroline, he's like, hey, honey, will you wait in the car? And she's like, you can tell she's like fucking over this bullshit. They just went through a whole fucking weekend of getting back together and dealing with their shit. And then he's still going to be an asshole. And... He eventually can't get the woman to admit that she's, you know, who she is. And so he goes outside and Caroline's left him by himself, which, frankly, he deserved at this point. Yeah. And he calls PJ and PJ and his wife are like, daddy needs to set boundaries. They have their kid with them. Yeah. And they're like, oh, daddy's an idiot because daddy needs to set boundaries. And he has basically, he goes off to the printer, that printed the envelopes, pretends to be a federal officer. And he calls PJ and tells him, like, hey, if you don't hear from me by seven, like, call the cops, I'm dead or something like that.
1: Like Katie said, he finds the envelope company that the purple envelopes come from, and he pretends to be a private investigator to get info on the guy that bought the envelopes. And he's able to search and find the address of Johnny PayPal. So he, after asking where the apartment is, he steals a hammer from a handyman and he sneaks into the building. He did a attacks. I actually love this scene. I love the music playing there in this scene. Like, this is very like a eerie. super
0: creepy scene. Yeah, it looks awesome. It it's does. Creepy, the colors, because he's wearing like a mask with like pink breathing apparatus uh, or apparatuses, however you say that. And he's also like like it's kind of like a gross
1: green in the background. Mm-hmm. But he uh, he strikes Johnny with the hammer multiple times, and uh, Johnny recognizes him. He's like, "You're the guy who didn't respond to the third letter." And it's like, what third letter? And that's where Jordan remembers. He's like, oh, <laughs> fuck. So first letter is the intro. Second letter is the room key. And third letter is the one that connects you to your person for a fee. And so. A low,
0: low price of
1: $5,000. A low price of $5,000 to be connected to your sexual soulmate, I guess we could say. So Johnny like, yeah. I'll connect you guys. But instead he sends more letters out. And so, someone opens their garage door to the apartment. He's like, call 911. And I love this because Jim Cummings loves public freakouts. That's like his thing in his movies. Yeah. He says they're very American. So, it's like you're waiting for the freakout to happen. And then this is what Jordan totally has his fucking freakout and mental breakdown. Jordan returns to his apartment. And he's about to burn all the evidence in his parking garage when he sees Caroline. And he admits to everything. Drinking again. Nicotine addiction. His teeth are mm-hmm. fuck. He's like... Like, everybody still wants to be Harvey. And then, like, my other favorite line, I met the fam of the... I met the fam of the Opera. I met the fam of the Opera. <laughs> and beat him with a hammer. <laughs> and so, it's, <laughs> like, Abby, like, a complete breakdown. And he sees Caroline holding scissors, and he tells her to do it. And that's what we're thinking. As the audience, we keep seeing these people kill their spouses. So, we're thinking, like, oh, oh shit. shit, he's done for. And instead, she says she forgives him. Because
0: it is highly implied that she also had a sexual encounter. And she's like, I'm cool with it because I did it too. So they are actually each other's perfect soulmates. Sexmates, whatever. Because they both cheated on
1: each other. But they decide to run away together. um, And she holds her stomach at one point. Which is, it's implied she's pregnant either by Jordan or someone else. And they have, they meet at a little diner. And as they're leaving, Jordan gets the bill and the waitress puts her number on it with a dark heart. Yeah. But he also doesn't take the bait
0: yeah so maybe they're gonna try to be faithful to each other you know yeah i don't know but then like they're also reading like the newspaper and like eight more people have been killed yeah it's a fucking epidemic because he's like doing this to thousands of people which okay here's the thing okay we're gonna go into pros and cons yes i feel like it's a little unbelievable that everybody would just kill their spouse Because of adultery? Like, maybe it's just because it's Hollywood and the stakes are high? I feel like it's weird that they're all reacting the same way, you know? Yeah, and I
1: feel like I can agree with that a little bit. I I think maybe it's like if there's hundreds of thousands, so maybe eight isn't a whole lot. I hate to say it that way because it's still eight dead people, but he's also well, that's eight new ones that day. Yeah, but he's also targeting, yeah, she's he's also targeting rich people, though. And it's like, I don't know if it's saying that maybe they're more likely to get away with the murder are what's going on there because he is targeting specifically people who have money did you have like pros and cons i did so uh i the pros i think the urgency and the tone of the movie was really good so i i'm a sucker it's not that i don't like movies that are two or three hour movies but i love a movie that can get its shit done in like an hour and a half so this one's an hour and 34 minutes and i felt like it it kept it was interesting throughout so i didn't feel like my attention wavered and the tone was darkly comedic enjoyed the cast's performance um especially Jim and PJ, because PJ was a really good foil to Jim. My cons, and the first one is really stupid. So they are literally in the mountains when they go to their little retreat. They are literally, at the beginning of the movie, they're two months out from their wedding. And at that point, they're like less than six weeks out, and they're looking at wedding venues. I'm like, gentlemen, gentlemen. I know for a fact PJ's married. And I'm like... We cannot plan a wedding that fast. And six days before the wedding is when they're in the coffin shop meeting with the wedding planner. I don't even care if it's a day of planner. You do not meet the day of planner even six days before. So I'm like, in what world are you guys planning a wedding that fast? Not all the money in the world. If something's already booked up, it's going to help you. Like, so I thought that was like, it's a very little nitpicky thing. But it's the one thing that I'm like, I guess two men really did write this. I also feel like yeah, the
0: timing was a little weird.
1: Yeah, and I felt like it spread itself a little too thin. Like, the, the, the beginning was really, really solid. And then getting into the second half, mm-hmm. it felt like the madness. It just, like, I felt like part of the story kind of was almost collapsing on itself a little bit. And then, maybe yeah. you could tell me about this. There's weird scenes of a building looking like it's exploding. And I'm like, I felt like there was something earlier in the movie that that was an allusion to, like, this building will collapse one day. But I couldn't figure out yeah, what was did going say on. say that. Because
0: he said it while they were in the agency office. And I think they're talking about the structure of the agency is a building. Because there's a whole thing about, like, the way their agency works is they package things. Mm-hmm. They package coverage, which is kind of a scam. But if that's how they make all their money, and if the packaging stops, if that kind of oh, agency okay. stops everything will collapse around them. So I think it was more metaphorical than an actual building collapsing. Okay, that makes more sense. Yeah, I had... Like, I really like that Cummings... I, I He doesn't adhere to one genre. Yeah. And he's, like, trying new stuff. I really like that because he's stretching his talent. The film looks really good. The gore was very shocking in the beginning. I like that they weren't afraid to make their characters unlikable. But then on the flip side, I didn't really connect with any of their characters. And it kind of, like, took me out of the movie. Whereas, I definitely connected with characters in The Wolf of Snow Hollow. So, I feel like I, like, that's a little weak point to it. But it is genuinely, there's some really funny moments in this. I do think the montages were a little unnecessary. Like, I got the part after the affair part. But the one with him and Caroline, like, montaging their weekend together yeah i kind of feel like we could have just like had a scene of them fighting and because they're both really strong actors i think they could have held their own he had a lot of montages i feel like in the wolf of snow hollow too yeah so maybe it's just something he visually likes to do i just thought the beginning montage was good the second montage was kind of unnecessary because i think her line with like i'm your fiance, fucking engage with me i would have liked to see the lead up to that conversation but we kind of came in the middle of that fight Mm -hmm. and i don't know if it was because Maybe they improvised a lot of that conversation. So maybe they just kind of took the best parts from the impro- improvisation. Yeah.
1: Maybe. And see, I thought maybe... it I thought maybe it was like we're in Jordan's head where it's like he hears her say that but he's not focused on her. Like she's the afterthought and the drama he's caught up in. So I get what you're saying though. It would have been more interesting to expound upon that conversation than the montage style. But I understand what it was is that you're caught up in the frenzy of what's going on in Jordan's head. Because there's literally even a scene where he sees Caroline smoking a cigarette in that montage. And he's like... (gasps) Like, it's like, he's shocked that she's smoking a cigarette, but he doesn't even say anything or talk to her about it. Yeah. Do you have a grindhouse C rating and a 1 out of 10 rating? I do. I give it a 6.5 out of 10, because I really think it's a
0: solid movie. I didn't have a lot of rewatchability for me, but that's just me. But I think it's really well made, and I want them to keep making movies. So, I think it's really good. I was just missing that heart, that hook. But, I did have a Grindhouse Girls rating. Um, I just have one this week because I don't know, this is what I thought of. Uh, rated B for blindfolds, blowjobs, and beta males. Nice. Because they're both definitely beta males, in my opinion. They're trying to be alphas.
1: No, I like it. I like it. I rated it a little higher. I went with a 7.5. There's a lot I liked about this movie. I thought the comedic timing was really good. I thought the acting was good. I liked the genre blending that you mentioned. I'm really excited to see what they do next. And I I really liked it the first time I watched it. It's just, I don't, I like the movie. Like you said, I think I could, I don't know if I could just recommend it to anybody. And I don't know if it's in the upper echelon of something I would watch over. And I think there's a rewatchability factor there because I rewatched it again for the podcast and didn't hate it. I just don't see myself rewatching it like five, 10 times. But it does have me very interested to see their next movies, the Victorian horror film and David Tonight. I did not have a Grindhouse Girl rating. And the only reason I did it is because I get really fixated on things. Anyone who knows me knows that's my personality. So I kept thinking you for ulcer, but I couldn't find something else that goes with ulcer. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Or like, I was like
0: F for face sitting. And I was like, no, we can't offer that. (laughs) Blowjobs is funny. Yeah. So are we going with the rated B for blindfolds, blowjobs, and beta males? Yeah,
1: I think that's good. But yeah, so I guess... I, I would recommend this movie. Yeah, though. I would. I would. I, I think, I know people, I have friends that I know I can recommend it to, but I also have friends that I just think they would hear the plot and be like, I'm not really interested in that. But I do have friends that would. Obviously, I'm the type of friend that would be interested. So I guess I guess that's that's it on our discussion of the beta test. The beta test. The beta test. Can't wait to Yay. see what you do next, uh, Jim and PJ. And Katie, I believe, I, I believe it's your pick now. So you get to pick next week's movie. It
0: is. Yes. Okay, so obviously like Irreversible was on the table, but then I saw that on HBO Max, a movie that used to just be on the Criterion channel, so only people like me, pretentious assholes. I'm just kidding. Um, Am I? I don't know. But only people who own Criterion had access to this movie and it is one of the best films I've ever seen. It is also one of the most disturbing films I've ever seen in a very different way than irreversible it is currently streaming on hbo max and the movie if you haven't guessed it already is the piano teacher yay which i'm double checking yes it is still on hbo max so it is the piano teacher it is a 2001 film it's only just over two hours and it stars the absolutely powerhouse isabel huppert and it is directed by michael hennecke who also wrote the screenplay, and he is very famous. He won uh, for Amour, but also he's the writer-director of Funny Games, Caché, The White Ribbon. But The Piano Teacher won the Palme d'Or, won Best Actress and Best Actor, and I think Best Director, too. It swept Khan when it came on the scene. And then it was nominated for absolutely no Oscars just like
1: to town. We're all really excited about the piano yes. teacher. I'm really excited to see it. I'm but excited. I know we we got to start saying our goodnights and wrapping up because tomorrow's going to come very early. <laughs> so, yes, I know. Oh my god.
0: I don't <laughs> I mean, I love work, but I'm so tired. Yeah. Um, but yes, it is time to say goodnight. So goodnight. Be safe out there. Oh, I'm praying for everyone in the Ukraine situation and also The people of Russia, because it's not your fault. Yeah. And thank you for the people who are protesting in Russia. God bless you and keep you safe. Jeez, the whole situation sucks. And I'm so sorry for everybody. I unfortunately decided to look on a photographer's Instagram account who's in Ukraine right now. And it's horrific. But I think one thing that I think people need to remember is the Russian people are not okay with this. So please don't say the Russians did this because it's really not them. It's their government. And I think sometimes we forget just because a government's doing something doesn't mean you should blame that ethnicity or that country for the issues because it's not really about that. It's about political stuff and it sucks. And um, yeah, so take time to enjoy the little things in life and hold, hold, hold your loved ones and your fur babies tight. And be kind to one another. Wash your hands. Take your vitamins. Try to do one happy thing a day. Watch movies that you've been putting off forever. Because you never know when they'll go off streaming. And then you'll have to wait five years to watch The Piano Teacher until it finally comes on HBO Max. Yep. Be good to one another. And know that we are very thankful for you. We love you guys very much. You guys are amazing. You're the reason we're here. And uh, thank you, Brett, for being amazing. Thank you, Ryan, for being amazing. Thank you, Gizmo and all the fur babies. Oh, is Tyrion there? Yeah. Hey, Tyrion. Thank you, Tyrion. You know, <laughs> he's just a white blob of fur. He's cute. Um, we love you guys, and thank you for listening. And, yeah, that's all I had to say. Sorry. No,
1: cramble. they're good. Um, so, yeah, echoing and Katie, uh, prayers in Ukraine, and g- uh, good. Vibes, good thoughts, everything you can send uh, their way uh, is very much appreciated. It breaks my heart. I try to think about it. I, it's not that I don't want to think that it's not happening because I, we can't deny that it's happening and it's awful, but it's also just hearts to think about like how easy it is for us to watch a movie or enjoy our Friday night where our friends and family and such devastating things are happening just because someone is on the wrong continent in the wrong place in the world and that's hurtful to think of but i pray and i you can donate yeah i meant to say this before you can
0: donate Amazon actually has if you are like an Amazon Prime Order I did this you can donate to the American Red Cross which coordinates and there's a child it's like for the children save the children yeah there's like some legitimate ones because I know there's scammers abound if you want to do something to help I just figured that out yesterday so I'm gonna say that before I'm yeah sorry. no
1: you're good and I know I know in one of my uh, my dog groups that there is countries that are helping Ukrainians that are fleeing with their animals too which is yeah. which is is really, really good and I appreciate I will never forget seeing pictures of people fleeing with their cats and dogs because I mean I that's that's the best of humanity right there. And all the hell to not forget the members of your well, family. So Yeah,
0: they can't bring animals into bomb shelters, so a lot of them have had to leave their animals in their homes and, like, go check on them during the day, but then if your home gets destroyed, that's just, it's just not okay. So that's why a lot of them are fleeing to countries that accept them, but it's
1: hard. Yeah, and there's also people there's also people that are just staying in their homes because they can't leave their animals like they just won't leave their animals so they're staying in their homes so which is honestly probably what i would do too like i just i couldn't imagine leaving them so my prayers are with those people and yeah thinking of you guys in the world during this time it is a crazy time to be alive for sure but yeah do something nice for yourself guys um i hope no matter what part of your day you are with us if it's morning day or night i hope it's a good one for you i hope you get a full rest of eight hours of sleep that's my <laughs> that's my help for you um drink some water you know you do not want to be dehydrated so make sure you have water in your body guys and yeah other than that my brain is fried because of the time change <laughs> it it kills me but we love you guys so much we are so thankful for you and we just look forward to seeing you next time. Um, same spoopy place, same spoopy channel. Yeah, Stay same spoopy all. all. Bye everybody. Bye night. Night. Night, Katie. Bye everybody. Good Bye night or group day, whatever it is. Bye!
0: Grindhouse Girls Podcast is a production by Katie Dale and Britt Ray. Our editor is N.R. Moody. All music used is royalty free and can be found in our annotations. You can follow us on all of our socials. And if you have any comments, questions, or just want to say hey, our email is at grindhousegirlspod.com. Thanks for listening.